This week on The Big Show, as the summer movie season comes to a close, we turn our attention to the award season as we preview the fall movie season. Plus, we'll have entertainment news and reviews of the latest films, including Ken, The Little Stranger, and Operation Finale, all on the latest episode of Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. I'm back, and let's go. Here at the Big Show, I'm Tim Gordon. You guys are listening to Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. And uh, yeah, I was away last week on, uh, I will use the European phrase, I was on holiday last week. Uh, It was my birthday uh, and I had a lot of fun. I was out in Newport Beach, uh, you know, special thanks to Charles Kirkland and Julian Lytle along with the brilliant strategist and engineer, Jessica Sturgis, all who held it down last week. Um, listen to the show. It made me laugh. I was literally on the beach listening to the show. It was funny last week. So uh, thanks to those guys. Um, but we have a big show planned today. Uh, Charles Kirkland, who I mentioned uh, at the top, is going to join us uh, shortly uh, in place of our regular uh, show correspondent, Wilson Morales. Um, and so we'll have that happening. Plus, we're going to preview the fall movie season. And I picked out almost 30 movies that I think that work really, really well. And I want to talk to talk about those movies with Charles uh, later on on the show. And as I said at the top, uh, this is the last weekend of the summer movie season. And the studios backed up the truck and just emptied out all the movies that they had left for summer. <laughs> and we are going to review this week operation finale the little stranger and ken uh so you want to stick around for that because it's always fun when uh you know i have movies that you know i have a really strong opinion about all right so and before we get to charles let me just open the show by saying and thanking all the folks man on social media who hit me up uh last week for my birthday you know either sent me text messages uh, shot me messages on Facebook or Instagram, you know, reached out and called me. Thank you. You know, it was a it was a good time to be away. Um, it was four days. And if you if you don't live on the East Coast, you don't really understand that right now we're gripped in the midst of a massive heat wave where we're looking at anywhere between 90 to about 100 degrees every day. So we kind of, it could be 93, it could be 97. It's just crazy. Uh, but the the temps never went above 79 uh, the entire week that I was out in, in Newport Beach. Uh, no humidity, plenty of sand, water. I took lots of great pictures. I got a chance to read of all books, Black Klansman. They sent it to me before I left. So I was like, cool. So, you know, that was my beach read. Um, I had fun, man. I, I, I was taken on the gondolier ride. Um, I had brunch on a yacht. I uh, I mean, my people put it down. I mean, what can I say, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm big out in them streets. <laughs> so we had a lot of fun last week, and I just wanted to uh, – to, to, to just relay my thanks uh, to Charles and to everybody else because in the 
nine years. I mean, we've only been doing the show here at DC Radio since February, but I've been doing Keeping It Real with Film Gordon uh, since 2009. And in all those nine years, we never, ever had a guest host. So, Charles Kirkland, you the man, baby. Special thanks to you. All righty, so... Now let's get into a little of our entertainment news. Wilson Morales uh, is not going to join us today. Uh, and in, in his place, we're going to also have the, the aforementioned Charles Kirkland on. And I'll welcome him in right now. Charles, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me back after last week. And, and I know you were giving that rundown of your holiday mm-hmm. just to rub it in on, on me because I'm sitting here with the 90, you said 90 to 100 degrees, but you forgot to mention the humidity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty bad, and, yeah. And so you're kicking back on a beach with 70 kicking, degrees. Kicking back on the beach, man. I'm, I'm so, laying on the beach blanket, man. So I just want to announce right yeah, now that yeah. I'm starring in the sequel to The Hate You Give. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Um... I was talking to, it might have been you last night or some other film critic, because, you know, I've been at a couple of screeners this week. And I, I say every year that when we get to the holidays, you know, and when it's the it's the award season and the movies, you know, you start, they start throwing movies at you and you're getting screeners. I always said that it would be cool if you would take like a couple of days off or maybe a week off before the award season. And after this experience I had last week, I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to probably find... I don't know, someplace to go, whether it's down to Miami, whether it's New Orleans. I got to go someplace, man, and just decompress because um, you, brother. when you when you're getting hit with like movies on movies on movies on movies, man, you got to have a, a break in an outlet. So having said that, man, let me just go um, into uh, a little bit of what's going on in entertainment news. And for me, the big news this week, as we reach the end of the month, is that film festival season part two is about to go down. Mm-hmm. So part one, if you've listened to the show since February, is generally Sundance, Berlin, uh, Tell You, and I tell you right, uh, Tribeca, South by Southwest, uh, the New African Film Festival, Pan Africa Film Festival. These are festivals that kind of like larger festivals on the circuit. Right. Um, in the fall, you get Telluride, which is it's going on right now. You have TIFF or Toronto International Film Fest that's getting ready to launch. Venice Film Festival uh, is going on right now, um, and then probably in October we're looking at um, the Middleburg Film Fest. And I could also announce because Charles will probably be on guest hosting for this as well. I am a juror this year for the Over the Rhine Film Festival that's in Cincinnati. So the last week of September, I'm going to be gone hitting that festival, judging out, you know, moderating panels and doing, you know, doing Tim Gordon stuff. That's kind of what, what I'm What was the name of that movie again? Was was, it, oh, that festival? No, no, the movie that I'm starring in. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> the Hate You Give Part 2. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not hating. I'm, I'm congratulating, man. That's well, great thanks, news. Man. You're going to be mean, over in Cincinnati. That's... Be in Cincinnati, man, a month from now. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I thought I was, you know, they said, hey, man, you want to be in this jury? I'm like, oh, man, this is good stuff here. This is easy. I'll watch a couple of movies, show up, you know, but, uh, but dap it's... up some filmmakers. they like, uh, nah, bro, we're going to need you to moderate a panel, be on a panel. Uh, <laughs> Post some Q and A's. I was like, 
Oh, you mean like a real job, like real work? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm gonna have. Um, this is, you're not sitting on the beach this time. Yeah, you're, no, you're in Cincinnati working. So I'm gonna have the uh, festival director, my good friend T.T. Stearns, Indy, on the show uh, as we get closer to that festival. And also, I want to just give you guys a reminder that next week. Uh, there's a new uh, documentary that's premiering in D.C., believe it or not, about go-go music created by a couple of gentlemen who actually work at the station. And they will be on the show next week talking about that. So I am very excited uh, to, to, to find out what this documentary is going to look like by virtue that they couldn't break a brother off with a copy. I was like, you know, as a rule, if you want me to promote your movie, I at least got to see something. Well, see, I don't, I don't know if you, if you've have the same feel for go-go music being that you're from, from New Jersey, but you know, go-go for me right here, DC, this, mm-hmm. this, that's life. Right. So I'm looking forward to, you know, hearing about uh, seeing this documentary because uh, go-go has been, my life for the last fifty years, I guess I could say. Go go has been your life. I, I love go go music. I'm I'm DC through and through. Name three go go bands. Oh, you want you want to go there? No, nah, so don't, don't stall. Name three go go bands. I, I you know what? All my go go bands are from the past. Stall. Stall. I mean, because I can talk. To, <laughs> I mean, from Chuck Brown, <laughs> Junkyard, Rare Essence. I mean, I can go there. Yeah, it but took see, you, I don't know. It took you see, 15 I, I, seconds. Cause see, I'm going to say. Ask me to name three go-go bands. Name three go-go bands. Pleasure, uh, Junkyard, Rare Essence. You can't say show. who I've said. You no, can't no, say no, but I'm said. saying you asked me. I'm just you can't I, say who I, I've I threw said. in a couple. Because I already and, gave them to you. Now watch this. Uh, producer behind the glass who never speaks. Um, what Chuck doesn't know is that. I knew Chuck Brown because I, I worked at HUR. Chuck Brown was a friend of a station, so I had pictures with Chuck. I knew members of Pleasure. I knew, you know, I I knew folks who who did go go music. So to answer your question, I appreciate go go music, okay. and I don't feel go go like DC residents. Um, to That's me, fair. That's fair. watch this. To me, and 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 please don't hate. And I'm a, I'm gonna tell tell the guys next week. When I first started listening to go-go music, it, was, it sounded a lot like reggae, that all the beats were the same. Mm, mm-hmm, like, they would mm-hmm. change the lyrics up, and they would have different, different like, you know, not necessarily instru- uh, instruments. Yeah. But, they, but the beat was the same. It's, and it's the same thing if you listen to a lot of reggae music. Reggae has that kind of backbeat. And so, you know, so and, and I compare. But that's a fair comparison. I'm not right. saying that's bad at all because it's the sound of the nation, of the area. And right. as reggae is for for that area, then go-go is for this area. And, well, uh, the, and, the, the, the thing that's different, though, because I've studied, I study music, which is really funny because people say, well, I thought you was a film guy. I'm like, dude, I love music and sports <laughs> and politics. I study a lot of stuff. You just don't, we just don't build a show around what I know with music, but we, but one is coming. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> The, the thing, the big difference to me is with reggae is reggae started off as ska and then they came along with reggae afterwards and then Bob Marley became the champion right. along with Bunny, Bunny Livingston and uh, Peter Tosh. Uh, and a lot of people sleep on those two guys, man. Those two, those three guys, man, being the whalers. That was the group that literally put reggae on his back and took it around the world. Right, right. Chuck Brown was the Bob Marley of Go-Go. Exactly. Right? The difference is, is that 
it never it never attained mainstream acceptance in the way that reggae music did. Reggae was able to I mean think about it from from Bob Marley and the Whalers you had acts like Jimmy Cliff and right, Third World right, right. and a lot of other folks uh Burning Spear that came along after that, right? Um you look at go-go scene with EU and Trouble and Junkyard and all these guys and of course you know you had um what was the movie School Days where Go-Go got some some national right, shine right, right. Um, but outside of that I know they tried to make a couple of movies Good to Go was a movie that came out in the mid 80s <laughs> that was not good to go no it wasn't uh, <laughs> so I mean so the Go-Go thing you know I'm really interested and uh, I want to see it and I think if you are in the Washington metropolitan area, go-go is something that a lot of people feel. Right. Um, I know go-go beats have been in hip-hop songs or in club records, um, but it's just never... Like, I mean, think about hip-hop. Go-go was around, I would say, as an art form, probably before hip-hop was. Pro- yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But hip-hop... I mean, so yeah. when we talk about hip-hop and we talk about reggae and you talk about go-go... It's a form of music, much like it's, in New Orleans where they have, um, what are they called? Not jazz, but what is the, the local music in New Zydeco. Orleans? Zydeco. Yeah, Zydeco. I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah. Go-Go to me kind of feels like that. Um, you know, the, the thing that is germane that if you're here, you know, and, and, and not even if and you're it, here. If you're here and of a certain mindset. Right. right. Yeah, because Jessica never listens to Go-Go. She never does. I mean, just look at her face right now when you just say Go-Go. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> she, she she just shook her head. No, I, I'm surprised. A you know bit, what? A little bit. Well, next week, I'm glad we're having this conversation because next week, we usually had music that we fill in between the breaks. So next week, you're going to get pump, 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 pump me up. Okay, so yeah, let's do that. We're going to do that. All right, so uh, the lady behind the glass has been keeping our time. We got about 43 seconds, man. So. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back on the other side, it is going to be time for us to look at what I think is between 25 to 30 of the most highly anticipated movies of the fall season. And we'll preview them here on the big show. You guys are listening to Keeping It Real with Film Gordon at 96.3 HD4. And that is DCRadio.gov. We'll be right back. you'd be all right. 
It's the first time I'm worried about you. Can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. All right, and welcome back to the big show. And that was a clip from one of the most anticipated films of the fall, A Star is Born, which premieres at the Toronto International Film Fest next week. Now, it will be one of the group of contenders that we will cover for our fall movie preview today. Now, joining me to preview this year's group of fall films is show contributor Charles Kirkland. Welcome back, brother, to the show. I never left. I'm here. (laughs) I know, man. Thank you. (laughs) All right, man. So we got a lot of films we want to cover, man. And I think I've separated this segment here that we're going to look at a lot of the September and October releases. Okay. And I'm going to start with a movie uh, from Jennifer. For Gardner called Peppermint. Now, Peppermint is a story of uh, that that Gardner's character, uh, her husband and, and daughter are killed in a drive-by shooting on her daughter's birthday by members of a cartel. And as the killers walk free, owing to corrupt officials on the cartel's payroll. Uh, Peppermint, or Jennifer Garner, takes matters into her own hands and seeks vigilante justice justice against those who destroyed her life. It sounds like Death Wish with Jennifer Garner. What do you think about Peppermint? And it looks like, what what was the movie that, uh, um, what's her face from Guardians of the Galaxy did when she was... Oh, Columbiana. Columbiana. Columbiana, yeah. It looks a lot like Columbiana. Uh, Go ahead, Jennifer Garner, in the action field. Let's see how that goes. All righty. Another one of the movies that are opening in September is a film called The Simple Favor on September the 14th. And uh, this one tells the story of mommy blogger Stephanie, played by Anna Hendricks, Kendricks, excuse me, who is concerned about her best friend, Emily, played by Blake Lively, who has suddenly disappeared. Paul Feige directs this comic mystery that features plenty of twists. I've seen a trail on this. This looks like this has the potential to be sort of a gone girlish thing. What are you thinking? It does, but it doesn't seem to be as smart as Gone Girl was. So, I mean, Feige is more of a comedic writer than a than a dramatic writer, so we'll see how it goes. All right, up next is The Predator. It's back. And uh, Shane Black, who actually was in the original Predator, directs this reboot of the 80s sci-fi thriller. Uh, this time, Sterling K. Brown, Keegan-Michael Key, and Olivia Munn face off against the chameleon alien monster. I, for one, I didn't need another Predator. But this you? one, this one looks actually good. And I put, I posted this one, I posted the trailer for this one on my uh, site mm-hmm. because I, I, I think Keegan-Michael Key is going to be interesting as a comic insert into the film. Uh, Sterling K. Brown, who's riding This Is Us in, in this movie, it's, it, it looks interesting to me. All righty. Now, the next film is based on a true story. Uh, of a 14-year-old boy who became the youngest FBI informant in history. Uh, This film, which I haven't given a name yet, stars Matthew McConaughey as the boy's no-nonsense father. The title of this film, White Boy Rick. I love this title, man. (laughs) White Boy Rick. Uh, what are you thinking about this? Is this like a baby Donnie Brasco? Is that what I'm looking I mean, at? This, it, and it sounds like 
<laughs> white boy Rick. White That's boy all you got to say about it. I'm, I'm, it's, go to the movies, be like, hey, babe, let's go check out white boy Rick. What? <laughs> right. Enough of that one. Enough of that one. All right. Up next, uh, September 21st, is the house with the clock on his walls. Now, I saw the trailer for this one. Uh, Eli Roth uh, directs this child's gothic horror film, which stars Jack Black, Kate Blanchett, and Kyle McLaughlin about a young orphan whose new home is also host to a clock that can destroy the world. I this one, th- wait a minute. This okay. one to me feels like. I'm going to watch it, and I swear in two weeks, I'll be like, what film are you talking about? I don't even remember that. I, those, those are three words I never thought I would hear together. Children's gothic horror. <laughs> uh, sorry, does, is, there, is there a category now? E- Eli Roth is a sick dude. Man. I know we got Goosebumps 2 coming out this, this summer, too. <laughs> I mean, this fall, too. But mm. come on, this doesn't, I mean, it's Jack Black in, in a horror movie. Yeah, man. Doesn't feel good to me. All right, also in the month of September, right, or closing the month of September off, is an animated film, which is a twist on Legends, uh, where Channing Tatum stars as a Yeti who's convinced that the elusive creatures known as Smallfoot humans really do exist. The title of this one, Smallfoot. Um, <laughs> I got nothing on this one, man. <laughs> I got the, nothing. The trailer on this looks one. cute. I mean, you know, uh, something for the children to see during the fall. That's all. Take break from the school and go laugh at a silly movie. One more time, it's Smallfoot. It, it could have been Littlefoot, but they might have gotten that confused with the land before time. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, coming up in October now. First film up, Venom. Now, I've been watching the trailer of Venom for a couple of months now, and of course, this is Tom Hardy starring as the title character in this Spider-Man spinoff, which sees the journalist Eddie Brock becoming the host to an alien parasite that gives him superhuman powers. This one, I think, is going to be good. Um, uh, you know, this is, I'm not sure, this is probably not Marvel, this is probably Sony. This is Sony. It's yeah. Sony, yeah. so, but but the, the technology has really evolved, and from what I've looked at, I, I got a feeling this is going to be pretty good. You know, reports came out last week that um, uh, Tom Hardy has signed on to do two more films. Nice. And as long as this one is successful, and so, I, from what I'm hearing, it's pretty good. They're trying to create their own cinematic universe, and over it's at Sony. not going to cross over, is what they're saying. With yeah, anything is. else? Yeah, that's that's terrible. Which is kind of weird because it's a spider. It started with Spider-Man, and they've somehow written Spider-Man out of Venom. But hey, man, yeah. boy, well, you know, I, but I, this is one I'm really looking forward to. Now that as, as are a lot of people. Good. Now the next movie is the clip that we led into this break with, which is of course the Star is Born. This will be the fourth version of this story. The most recent one was uh, Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. Um, now, this one, which came along, you know, Beyonce was rumored to be a part of this mm-hmm. initially. I think Will Smith, they wanted uh, in this character. But you get Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Dave Chappelle has a small role in it. I think this movie, I, I'm going to tell you now. We will know really quick how good A Star is Born is because, as I said, it's going to premiere probably like the first day or two at, at TIFF. I think it's opening And day. I'm going to get the word immediately because I was supposed to go to TIFF this year, but, you know, TIFF hit me up late, man, and I couldn't get lodging, so I'm a, I'll, I'll rely on Wilson to do TIFF. I was going to say Wilson talked about yeah. it last week. This is supposed to be very good. All right. 
and I'm excited for it. And Bradley Cooper directs as well. So this is this is interesting. If this movie is all that is cut out to be, it will vaunt him into the best uh, director race. Uh, I'm not really sure performance-wise who's got the best shot. We'll find out. I think it's kind of typically written that like the woman is always right. the, 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 the better character. I mean, it's much like in Dreamgirls when we yeah. talk about Effie White is like always the character in Dreamgirls. You can have a beautiful, um, I forget the character that Beyonce played, but that character, um, yeah. See, nobody yeah, knows. Nobody, nobody, yeah, nobody knows. So I can say Effie White. Everybody, oh yeah, yeah Effie. I know Effie. Uh, so a Star is Born, like I said, is October the fifth, man. We, but but yeah. you know, you know, Bradley probably could pull out a, a, a supporting Oscar as well, much like Eddie Murphy did, and, uh, and almost did for his role. So man, l- listen, we don't even have time to have that conversation because you know <laughs> my theory has been my theory. So uh, let's run through some of these other ones because we got about five minutes to go in this segment. Uh, Bad Times at El Royale on October the 12th. A rundown Lake Tahoe hotel plays host to an eventful night when seven strangers seeking redemption cross paths. Uh, Jeff Bridges, Chris Hemsworth, John Hamm, Cynthia Erivo, Russell Crowe, and Dakota Johnson. You know what this sounds like to me? This sounds like the hateful eight in a motel. (laughs) Yeah. With with one less person. Right. (laughs) Basically. Is that about cool? That, that does it for me. Yeah, okay. Uh, Beautiful Boy, which is going to debut, I think, at either Telluride or Venice. I think it's getting a lot of play. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet, who Timothy Chalamet, was in, um, what was the movie? Call Me By Call Your Name right. last year. They talking about he had, may have a chance at a second Oscar nomination for playing Nick Chef, whose meth addiction complicates his relationship with his father, played by Steve Carell. Based on a true story, the film compiles Chef's two memoirs into one compelling narrative. I got nothing, but I got a feeling that this film is going to get a push. This sounds like a typical Oscar-type film, so we'll see. All right. Now, the next film is definitely getting the push. It's the first man. Oh, man. Man, Damien Chazelle, who did uh, uh, Whiplash, and he did La La Land. Mm -hmm. This is his third movie. Uh, This one with Ryan Gosling back again in the biopic about Neil Armstrong and his race to be the first man on the moon. I'm telling you right now, I haven't seen this movie. Look, look. Yeah, that smells like an Oscar. <laughs> that smells like a certain Oscar nomination. I, Chazelle is the man. They love Damien Chazelle. I'm telling you now. I can't wait to see Neil Armstrong sing on the moon. Okay. <laughs> That's clearly another movie. <laughs> and, and the next movie is one I'm really waiting on. Uh, the Hate You Give. Uh, I'm not saying any names, but somebody sent me an email that they're going to see it this afternoon at 3 o'clock, and I'm going to leave that at that. Uh, but this movie tells the story of a young woman named Star Carter who is switching between two worlds of her poor, mostly black neighborhood where she lives and the rich, mostly white prep school that she attends. Uh, she witnesses the fatal shooting of her best friend, Khalil, and it turns her into a major activist. Uh, directed by George Tillman, who did Soul Food, Men of Honor. Uh, what was that other strange movie he did? Uh, Something in Pete. <laughs> about oh, the, the yeah. inescapable yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on bro y'all needed a better title than that but uh, yeah so George Tillman uh, is back with that when the hate you give cannot wait matter of Ooh. fact didn't you ask me if I had tickets yesterday for this movie yeah yeah I'm not the only one that can't wait 
So yeah, October the nineteenth can't get it. Fast I told enough. I told Wilson last week that my daughter is dying to see me see this movie. She wants me to take her whenever I go to see the screening. Nah, okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there's a there's a, a clearly an inside joke there that you guys had to have been in the studio to understand the look I just looked at. I'm like, okay. Uh, let's see. We got Serenity on October the 19th with Matthew McConaughey, who uh, has his life thrown in turmoil when his ex-wife shows up, played by Anne Hathaway, begging him to murder her violent second husband. I don't know about that one. It, it, it looks a mess to me. I saw the trailer and it looks yeah. like a mess. What about Can You Forgive Me on October the 19th where Melissa McCarthy is literally going to put comedy away and play a dramatic role playing a real-life journalist, uh, Lee Israel, whose, whose stall career has led her broke and searching for a last-ditch efforts to make a living, and she becomes a literary forger. Okay, so she can try to put the comedy away, but... <laughs> Can, no, can that we, doesn't smell like no. an Oscar to me. Can, no. can we not allow her to be a com- comedian? Uh, I don't think so. It's, yeah, I, don't I don't think it's going to work. I don't know. We'll uh, see. I'm I'm a, yeah, give her a well, this, this is her first. I think this is her first real stab at a dramatic role. All right, so we got about fifty seconds left. I just before we get out of here, we got to talk Halloween. Uh, they're bringing it back this time. Uh, Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis is not going to be the willing victim. I heard she fights back. Um, by virtue is Jamie Lee I'm, a, I'm supposed that she lives And I guess Michael dies again He always dies But figures out how to come back I mean, I don't know it's, Yeah Yeah Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. They, they made the first Halloween Before Jessica was born So she has no frame of reference For like any of this Alrighty So that is the That covers September and October You guys stick around And we come back on the other side We're going to talk about The heavy hitters November, December the real award candidates. You guys keep it where you got it. You're listening to Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. And, of course, we'll be right back. Hey, hey, I am your lovely Misty Stone, and you are listening to The Big Show. Keeping It Real with Film Gordon, baby. guy's got nothing to lose. I ain't got a choice. That's the same thing your father said, and he died right here in my hands. Listen to me, this guy is dangerous. But you don't think I could beat him? 
Hey, and welcome back to the ride. All right, we are in the middle of doing our fall movie preview. I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend. It is Charles Kirkland. Hey, I'm back. I'm back. Let's do this. All right, so now the first segment we looked at September and October. Now it's time for us to look at what I call the heavy hitters. Uh, You know, um, this thing right here. It's going to be really interesting. Now, the latest installment of the longest-running boxing franchise, Rocky, returns with not only a highly anticipated sequel, but continues the meteoric rise of charismatic talent Michael B. Jordan. Um, and that's one of the films that we're going to talk about in this segment. But I'm going to start off with a movie that... Yeah. Oh, my God. This one really smells Oscarish, yeah. man. I'm telling you, you can smell it all in the back seat, man. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, Rami Malek... Who stars as Mr. Ro- and Mr. Robot? Right, right. Uh, stars as Freddie Mercury in this long-awaited biopic about the Queen frontman, which follows his early days through the band's iconic performance at Live Aid in 1985. I've seen the trailer of this thing. Mm. This you can you can put this, if this movie is actually serviceable and he's good. He has a good shot at a Best Actor Oscar, yes. and this movie has a shot of getting one of the nine Best Directors, I mean, Best uh, best Picture slots. And look, when they when they cast Rami Malek in this role, because it was originally Sasha Baron Cohen, when they cast him in here, they were saying that this is going to be Oscar quality. We're, we're, not, we're not joking about this movie. This, we, this is going to be a, this is going to be a movie to see. Oh, no doubt, and, man. And I mean, man, the trailer is dynamite. And he looks, and he they, they he have looked, him looking like Freddie Mercury, I know, much in a way that Jamie Foxx was looking like Ray Charles mm-hmm, back in the day. Absolutely. So, uh, so that movie's going to be hot. The next one, Boy Erased, is premiering at Venice right now. That's getting a lot of buzz. Joel Edgerton's adaptation of Garrett Conley's acclaimed memoir stars Lucas Hedges as the son of a Baptist preacher who, after being outed by his parents, is pressured into gay conversion therapy. Um, hey, man. There was a movie earlier this year, um, uh, actually earlier this summer that came out, uh, that had this as a topic. Um, and, they, and they had Chloe, the Chloe Moretz uh, started right. it. Um, God, I can't remember the title, but I just saw a gay conversion movie, and it didn't work well in that film. So, <laughs> but I think I think they're going to. This one's going to be much better. Right, right. Well, I mean, one can hope, but but both Bohemian Rhapsody, Boy Erased, they're both November the second. Another November the second release is the remake of uh, the horror film mm-hmm. Suspiria. <laughs> That's how you have to say it. You know, can I have two for Suspiria? And this one, of course, uh, is a story of a young ballet dancer, again played by Dakota Johnson from uh, Fifty Shades, uh, who joins a renowned dance academy in Berlin, but soon discovers that there's sinister happenings at the school as fellow students start dying in Suspiria. I thought it was going to be like Black Swan a little bit, but it's, it's got its own Oh, it's black, all right. Yeah, it's dark. It's and it's dark. Swanish. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us, ironically, to the next film that we're going to talk about 
is the girl in the spider's room which is the fourth film in the girl with the dragon tattoo series uh this time they've they've switched kinda. out yeah well kind of but oh well, no no elizabeth Sal- mean, salander is still there so but they now have claire foy from the crown stepping into the role instead of kate mara or is it rooney mara that was playing it was one Ro- of those rooney mara rooney, rooney mara rooney was mara. playing it yeah so but also remember the author of the girl with dragon tattoo series had died and so they had someone else come in to oh, write, write made up so some it's, life so life. it's kind of yeah yeah it's not it's it's it's, it's tattoo ish right esque right. Esque. I always like that. Uh, Jessica, it's tattoo esque. Uh, now, the next film, which drops on November the 16th, of course, is one that Jessica really wants to see. And this is, of course, Widows. Uh, Oscar winner Steve McQueen from 12 Years a Slave returns with an all star heist film with four women led by Viola Davis, mm. who joins forces when their kind men husbands are killed during attempted robbery, and those ladies get together to carry out that robbery. Mm. To finish what yeah. started. Four bad women coming at you. And, and since it's Hollywood, right, <laughs> it just couldn't be four black women or four white women. What they did is they mixed it up. So it's kind of like right. a Charlie's Angel plus one. Yeah. yeah, with Viola Davis in the lead. So Widows. I'm, I'm surprised they got away with that. But hold on a second. Steve McQueen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, watch this. <laughs> I don't. I don't. It, it smells Oscar-ish. It does. I don't know. It certainly Steve does. McQueen. Uh, but I'm gonna tell you what's not it's gonna be Oscarish. It's got a great pedigree to watch it. This. I'm gonna tell you what's not gonna be Oscarish, which is his next movie. But it's gonna make a whole lot of money. Called the Fantastic Beasts and the Cries of Grindelwald. Now this is the ninth film in the Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, yeah. You had seven Harry Potters, then they did Fantastic Beasts, which is a prequel, and then this is a prequel to that. A sequel to the prequel. A sequel, right. This is a sequel and a prequel. You feel me on that one? (laughs) This is a sequel to Fantastic Beasts, but a prequel to the earlier movie. Showing you, see, see, this is—it's kind of like Mamma Mia too. Then, are you let, me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me tip the audience really quickly to what Hollywood tries to pull over on y'all, and y'all don't figure it out. Hollywood now figures out like we really ain't got a lot of ideas, right? But what we do have is we have properties, right? So they've seen all the properties. Why don't we just make a story that happens before the property that leads into it? So sometimes you get either that, which is Fantastic Beast and the Crimes of Grindelwald, or you get Mamma Mia 2, where you do a sequel and, and a, a prequel, prequel at the same like time. Godfather 2. Because yeah. Godfather 2 was exactly. the first one that yep. kind of rolled yep. that out. So you're trying to pull the wool over brother's eyes, but I'm 26 years in the game. You can't fool me, baby. I've seen it all already. And don't worry. Come about 10 years more later, they'll reboot these the franchise again, Harry Potter. We'll have all new Harry Potter movies. Which, which also is a great lead into the next movie we're going to talk about, which is a sequel to the spinoff of the original, <laughs> which is another concept, Jessica. Uh, watch this. This is a, this, the sequel to the spinoff of the Rocky franchise is Creed 2. Now, let's talk a little bit about Creed 2. Why? The, why trailer, we, why? the trailer for this is fire because what they tell you watching the trailer is he clearly has had a fight with the son of, of Drago who was uh, an adversary of Rocky's back in the day, right? Who actually kills Apollo Creed? Who who killed Apollo Creed yeah. in the in the first movie, right? Or actually, I'm sorry, in Rocky, Rocky three, four. Or was that four? Four. Okay, in Rocky four, Apollo Creed gets killed by Drago in the ring, right? right? Which brings Rocky back out of retirement right. again. But in this, in Creed two, 
<laughs> his son knocks out Michael B. Jordan at the very beginning right. in the trailer. So it's nice that you see Jordan getting crushed and fall into the campus, and then you see, uh, what's her name? Tika, uh, not Tika, Tessa, uh, Tessa, Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Baby, you all right. We got this. <laughs> so then, you, and all this is in the trailer, which is the whole movie, that Rocky, like, you don't think I can beat him, Rock? Nah, nah, not actually. Not this one. So then you get loyalty from Kendrick Lamar. He's training <laughs> instead of. Dun, 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 dun. I got royalty. Get, I got. I got. I got. I got. <laughs> just, just brilliant. So he comes back, and of course, I haven't seen the movie, but I'm just gonna take a wild guess. <laughs> he wins at the end. I'm just, I'm, I'm just guessing. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But the Watch question. This. But I'm probably not. <laughs> but the question is, does he kill Rocky? No, because Rocky Rocky is determined he is going to stay alive when they're doing Rocky 25. Is he like Michael Myers? He just can't yeah. die? Yeah, see, what's going to happen <laughs> is that they haven't announced it yet, but they're going to make a movie called La Rock. Which is gonna be the it's gonna be the prequel <laughs> to Rock. <laughs> Rock. Okay, move on. All right, man. All right, so we got a couple movies left. <laughs> if Beale Street could talk, November the thirtieth. Of course, Barry Jenkins uh, doing uh, adapting the James Baldwin novel, telling the story of a pregnant African American woman who sets out to clear a name and his name of her in, in innocence of her falsely accused fiance. I'm just telling you right now. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. is an Oscar contender. Yeah. <laughs> this is not even not even a question. Mary Queen of Scots, December the seventh. Saoirse Ronan, Margot Robbie square off in the infamous rivalry uh, between uh, cousins Elizabeth the first. And Mary, Mary Queen, Queen of Scots. Of Scots yes. um, I don't know about this one. Um, I don't no. know if they're they're trying to push this for for it, awards it, consideration, it, it looks, but it smells like it. it. It looks clumsy, but because of who it is and what they're saying, mm-hmm. I mean, what the, the topics, it's got that smell to it. All righty, which leads us to Under the Silver Lake, which is also December the seventh. It follows director Robert uh, David Robert Mitchell brings the comic. Neo noir about an amateur sleuth played by Andrew Garfield, last year seen in La La Land, or two years ago seen in La La Land, who stumbles, who searches for his beautiful missing neighbor in a classic L.A. noir noir fashion, and stumbles upon a complex conspiracy. Hmm. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, and then we end the year and end this preview with three light movies that are really designed to make lots and lots of money. Of course, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, uh, which gives us an African-American playing Spider-Man. Okay, but let's realize that this is not a live action. Yeah, it's, this it's is a animated. cartoon. This yeah. animated feature. Yeah, see, whenever the black character has to take over something traditionally white, we make it animated. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm or not, we, or, or, or yeah, or yeah. I, okay. I, I had another joke, but I, I'm, a, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> uh, but, but Miles Morales is juggling his high school life with his status as a superhero, and of course, this is voiced by Shamik, uh, Shamik, the guy from Shamik Moore from Dope, is the voice of of Wilson. I'm saying Wilson Miles, Morales. Miles, Miles, Miles Morales. <laughs> uh, also, we have Bumblebee. Coming out, uh, which is a spinoff. <sighs> Jessica, are you really not listening to me? What did I just tell you? There's did two she, ways they make money. Again? There's sequels, prequels, and spinoffs. That's the, that's Hollywood right now. So Bumblebee is a spinoff, of course, of Transformers. Yes. Yes. 
Bumblebee. Yeah. Bumblebee was the yellow car. Bumblebee is the yellow car that's kind of like African American in his mannerisms that's really hip. Right. Yeah. So he, that's yeah. that's the black Transformer movie. All right, nobody got anything on that one? All right, cool. And finally, we end the year with uh, one of the few franchises, hopefully, that Warner Brothers can get right. Uh, So they got Wonder Woman right. Not so much on the two-and-a-half-hour version of BVS, Batman vs. <laughs> Superman, or Man of Steel, which kind of came off as heavy-handed. So this time, we got Aquaman coming out. And uh, so between Venom, Aquaman, and, and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, uh, that's kind of your superhero fix for the end of the year, which are all placeholders because everybody's holding their breath in the superhero land waiting for Infinity War. Which is going to be the, the the battle to end all battles. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm waiting for Captain Marvel first. Well, Captain Marvel's going to be good, man. Um, but but you got to remember, Captain Marvel's still suffering because there's some stuff happening that doesn't get resolved until like the movie after her. So Captain Marvel's story is going to be a uh, it's going to happen 20 years before. But. Right. It's set in the 80s, I believe. So, but uh, uh, but again. I'm excited for that movie. So let's see what happens there first. Because Infinity War, where we know what's going to happen in Infinity War, Thanos is going to lose. But. Or will he? He's got to lose. <laughs> he's got to lose. All right. Well, that I is. I say he our... has to die, but he has to lose. But okay. Anyway. Well, that is our fall movie preview. So at any point, uh, you can go back in and listen to any of these films, find out if there are any favorites you have. And uh, you guys keep it where you got it. We'll come back with our final segment. It's going to be time to look at movies. You guys are listening to The Big Show. Keep it real with Film Gordon. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to our final segment, and as usual, this week's reviews are brought to you by TheFilmGordon.com. Experience film through the eyes of a true film addict, me. Now check out all of our film content at TheFilmGordon.com. I don't know why, that, but that makes me laugh every week. All right, this week there are several films opening in theaters, but before we dive a little deeper, as always, cue the music. Now, this week, three films take center stage on the final weekend of the summer. And first up is The Little Stranger. Now, after a doctor is called to visit a crumbling manor, strange things begin to occur. This gothic, this gothic drama horror film directed by Lenny Abramson and written by Lucinda Coxon is based on the novel of the same name by Sarah Waters. Now, this film stars Dom Hall Gleason, Ruth Wilson, Will Poulter, and Charlotte Rampling. Now, in this clip, Gleason and Wilson discuss some of the strange occurrences going on in the house. 
I, uh, I feel awkward coming. No, don't. I'm so glad you did. I've just seen Rod in Lidgood. Oh, God, is he in a bad way? I'm concerned about his state of mind. You're not the only one. Last night he came up to my room so upset. He said he could smell smoke, and I couldn't smell anything. It's like there's a hoodoo on him. It's nothing like that. War shock. We must keep it from Mother. The land sells already too much to bear. I'm inclined to agree. God knows how she'll cope when Bab knocks down the wall. Now, years earlier, a young boy who grew up idolizing a mansion that his mother worked in as a laborer and now as an adult, Dr. Faraday returns to treat a patient and it rekindles old memories for him. He also strikes up a romance with one of the manor's members, the mysterious Caroline Ayers. In addition, Faraday laments the decline of the once proud manor as one by one, each of the surviving members of the proud Ayers family meet their demise. Now, featuring two unheralded actors in Gleason and Wilson, their chemistry and presence enhances the anxiety of the story. Wilson, in particular, has a haunting quality that has been on display in previous projects such, such as The Affair and Luther and is particularly eerie in this film. They say the eyes are the window to the soul and Wilson's are very revealing, soulful and deep. Now, while the story is told through Gleason's character's point of view, she is the one you can't take your eyes off of. Now, while there's indeed a ghost in the walls, and despite the elaborate setup, the film's resolution feels incomplete and hollow. The slow and extended pace of the film simultaneously allows uh, amplification of the story's creepiness, but also has the propensity to bore the bejesus out of those who are not enthralled in this story. Now, while Warder's novel is the basis of the story, Abramson's finished product leaves much to be desired. Now, despite a celebrated cast which features Rampling, Poulter, along with Wilson and Gleason, the story fails to match its prodigious talent. Now, earlier this year, Sundance's favorite Hereditary scared up positive reviews, and this film has the potential to generate similar interests. Unfortunately, I'm conflicted, and along with the story's lack of execution, I think ultimately it's going to torpedo the film's efforts. I gave The Little Stranger a C. All right. Now, up next is a movie that uh, really caught a brother by surprise, and that film is Kin. Now, this film tells a story of, uh, of a group of people chased by a vengeful criminal and a gang of otherworldly soldiers. A recently released ex-con and his adopted teenage brother are forced to go on the run with a weapon of mysterious origin, which belongs to some strange soldiers as their only protection. Now, this film is directed by Jonathan and Josh Baker and written by Daniel Casey and is based on the Baker's short film from 2014 called Bagman. Uh, it also stars Jack Raynor, Zoe Kravitz, Dennis Quaid, James Franco, and Miles Truitt making his uh, his screen debut, his big screen debut. Now, in this clip, Kravitz discusses the challenges that lie ahead for our young protagonists. I got in your truck because you guys seem like some good guys, you know? Plus, if you did try anything funny, I'm pretty sure even I could take you in a fist fight, so... <laughs> 
to fist fights. Mm-hmm. That um thing your brother has in there? You need to call someone about that. Can't do that. Right. Well, whatever it is you've gotten him into, he's going to figure it out eventually. I hope you're ready for that. Now, an adopted and distant teenager, Elijah, played by Truett, is hustling and scrounging wires to sell to a local vendor when he comes across a foreign weapon that is unlike anything that anyone has ever seen. Despite the warnings from his dad, played by Quaid, to steer clear from his recently jailed brother, Jimmy, Elijah doesn't listen and soon is embroiled in a feud between a local gangster named Taylor, played by James Franco, a club owner with two mysterious futuristic soldiers also in hot pursuit. Now, while making his film debut, Truett shows talent in the lead role as a confused teen who has to quickly adapt to an ever-changing dynamic with his special weapon in tow to back down anyone trying to harm him and those he cares for. He also balances his need for family with the actions of his brother, whose judgment is quite questionable. Now, along the way, they strike up a friendship with another kindred spirit, a stripper by the name of Millie, played by Kravitz, who's also looking for any excuse to extricate herself from her caged existence. Now, on the surface, Ken feels like a cinematic bait and switch, presenting itself as one thing before the film takes a dramatic turn in its final act. Now, featuring some of the most groundbreaking innovations and effects since The Matrix, it also has too many corny lines of dialogue that come across as vapid and extremely over the top. Many of these scenes feature Franco, who conjures up memories of another equally confusing role for me in 2012 Spring Breakers. Spring Break forever. It's just a strange movie. <laughs> Ultimately, Ken is another contradiction that overcomes its flaws with an engaging performance from Truett, wonderful visual effects, and a twist that will either draw audiences in or either establish the film's uneven tone. Now, while it's still a struggle to know how I still feel about this story, I still gave the movie a C plus because I thought there was more things positive about it than there were negative. So that was Ken. Which leads us to the best film of the weekend, which, of course, is Operation Finale. And this is a film that tells the story of Israeli spies from the Mossad, led by Peter Malkin, played by Oscar Isaac, who works to track down and capture Adolf Eichmann, uh, who's played by Ben Kingley, Kingsley, who is taking refuge in Argentina. Directed by Chris Weitz with a screenplay from Matthew Orton, the film stars Isaac Kingsley, Kingsley Leo Raz, Melanie Laurent, uh, Nick Kroll, and Joe Alwyn. Now, in this clip, the architect of the final resolution reveals himself uh, in this clip, and it's very interesting. I am Ricardo Clement. Do you recognize the man in this picture? I can't see him clearly. The man in this picture is you. 
SS number 45381. Am I correct? Again, your number was 45381. Your number was 45381. 45381. 45381. It was 45326. Accept my fate. Now, after many of the senior officers of the Nazi party, including Adolf Hitler, killed themselves to avoid capture after the Holocaust, Israeli intelligence, the Mossad, led by Malkin, captured one of the last of the surviving officers, Adolf Eichmann, living a new life in Argentina. Now, after multiple attempts to obtain his signature for extradition, Eichmann strikes up an unlikely acquaintance with Malkin, which allows him to tell his side of the story and gives Malkin much needed closure. Now, this film for me was a tug of war between an unstoppable force and an immovable object as Malkin restores a level of dignity to his hated captor, which, despite his utter disdain for Eichmann and everything he stands for, allows him to focus on a larger task, which allows him to bring justice to the murder of millions of Jews. Now, Oscar winner Kingsley is absolutely riveting as Eichmann, who longs to share his story while constantly manipulating Malkin and others still seeing them as less than. Now, the consummate the chameleon Kingsley shines in this role, which is reminiscent of another similar performance opposite Sigourney Weaver in 1994's Death in the Maiden, but also harkens back to his another iconic Holocaust drama, which he starred in Schindler's List. Now, as a man trapped in the cage, Kingsley's Eichmann still has power and dignity in a situation that all parties no longer is a losing proposition. And the fact that Kingsley commands much of the proceedings opposite Isaac is no small feat and places him, in my estimation, squarely in the Oscar race for his sterling performance. Brilliant in this movie. Now, while much of the storytelling has an Argo-like effect, the film is filled with enough tension and intrigue to keep you on the edge of your seat, wondering how it all will be resolved. Another strong effort for Kingsley and wonderful to see the cinematic wordplay between he and Isaac. I gave this film a B plus really, really thought that this is really the first film I've seen this year where I was like, Oscar, Oscar. So that wraps it up for us this week. And, uh, you know, I want to thank my man, Charles Kirkland, for holding it down. Uh, Of course, you know, on behalf of our super producer, Jessica Sturgis, as we say every week in closing, please see something good at the movies. You have a wonderful Labor Day weekend and we will see you on the other side. Peace.
to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. And we open all your expectations. I don't even want your congratulations. I recognize your false confidence and calculated promises. All in your conversation. I hate people that feel entitled. Look at me crazy, cause I ain't invite you. Oh, you are important, you the moral to the story. You endorsing what the